This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin. Thank you and welcome to another edition of our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Ben McLaughlin, joined this week by Josh Hilkeman and Austin Orman. Josh, first of all, tip of the cap to you for steering a, a, a show last week with a with a wiry cast with tim and uh and mick uh but you were able to get through yeah. it so thank you for for filling in yeah it was it was fun i i will say though that was my main goal going in you know with tim and mick you never know what you're gonna get and <laughs> my, my goal was just to kind of keep those guys in line and you know rein them in a little bit but still let them uh show off their i don't know their personality if you will so yeah, yeah. that I think that was mission accomplished, and I just I I was glad to step in for one week, but I'm glad that you're back this week. I do have to take exception to something Tim said though about the trade that was made between he and I with <laughs> Keenan Allen and Aaron Rodgers. He made it sound like he got absolutely finessed in that tra- in that trade, and that Keenan Allen like was just an okay okay. Keenan Allen was like a 39 point scorer that week and was like the second or third highest scorer of the week. So I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear it from Tim about how he got finessed in that trade. When the guy that he got was the leading scorer by like 15 points on his team that week. So just, just going to throw that out there. I think the trade has been mutually beneficial. I think Keenan Allen has scored every week since I've traded him away. So Mm -hmm. Tim, uh, I got I got one one place for your complaints in the complaint department, <laughs> and uh, that that's 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 where it'll stay. Um, okay, boys, let's uh, let's just start with the recap of of last week. Uh, Austin, let's start with you. Do we have to? Um, I I think this is. Well, let's just get it out of the way. I think this is. <laughs> the, 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 do you have any lifeboats left, or or is it just full Titanic mode? Oh, this is full Titanic. The ship is absolutely just snapped in half right now. We we saw the iceberg coming, and I, I can't confirm nor deny that the captain steered into it. I don't know if there's any trying to avoid it. It was it was rough. Amari Cooper finally has another good week, 23 points. He's on my bench. Robbie Anderson, 19 points against a solid Minnesota defense. I left those two on my bench in favor of Michael Pittman Jr., who I thought was going to have a big game because he'd been playing well. He got me five, and then... You know, Chase Edmonds was fine. I could have swapped him out, but having Michael Pittman in there instead of Amari Cooper, that is 100% what lost me the lost me the week. Against Searles, too. That's what makes yeah. it stings even more. I lost to Searles by double digits. was never close. Kenyon Drake, an absolutely goal-line theft um, machine this last week. He had a couple of one-yard runs thanks to Kyler Murray, Josh, I know you're pretty hacked off about this. His shoulder injury, mm. uh, he wanted nothing to do with anything regarding football against New England. So Kenyon Drake gets a couple of cheap one-yard touchdown runs against New England. Austin, we have to talk about your running back situation. Um, Aaron Jones has been solid. He's been banged up a little bit. He, that, that was the, the, the big 
first round pick that we thought we would talk about. And Chase Edmonds is your number two. Um, and the only other running back on your roster is Zach Moss. I got to ask you how we got here. How did we get to this point? <laughs> it has been a vicious cycle of just rotating guys in and out. So Jones I've had all year. He's only left the lineup once for a bye week. And other than that, it's just cycling through guys on the waiver wire. A couple of trades have been rebuffed or straight up even ignored a couple of times. So <laughs> I've, I've tried to trade a couple of my wide receivers away for some better running back depth. No takers at all. No one's taken the bait. I've tried to work something out. But no, it's, it's really just been waiver wire scrounging. And Edmonds has been solid. But with Kenyon Drake back, his points are going yeah. down. Zach Moss isn't dependable and... The players I've targeted on the the waiver wire just haven't haven't done haven't done anything for me. So it it's a rough situation there in the backfield. Well, and and Searles had Fournette get five, but you know looking at this breakout, you know your quarterback Kirk Cousins great pickup twenty six points. Your receivers very solid uh, with Evans and Jefferson. There, that that was quite the the combo for you there, Austin with with Captain Kirk and and Justin Jefferson. So that. I mean, and you can. I mean, this sounds bad, but you can live with six points from your tight end this year. I think you know your guys, Darren Waller, so you expect a little more. But for those that don't have a top tight end, six points, you'll probably take that. Um, I think the frustrating part for you is you see Kyle Rudolph get thirteen point eight. Um, I mean, that guy is just. I mean, not much. He, he doesn't do much in the way of fantasy, but he. I guess the the best way to put Kyle Rudolph is he just he's a points theft. He just takes points <laughs> away from from everybody else and um, highly undependable, which makes you wonder why he's on a roster in the first place. <laughs> but Searles chucks him in there and he gets thirteen point eight. Um, I think this is this is the end for you, Austin. You're, I don't I don't know that you're going to make the playoffs, but um, this is uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm 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 imagining. Because I, I, I had very good potential being where you're at right now just two weeks ago. You know, the, the maiden voyage of the rowboat went about the same way as the Titanic. So we'll have to see if the league lets me back <laughs> in next year if I get relegated. I'm just holding on for dear life right now. <laughs> well, we should we should tell our listeners uh, what our plan is. So um, we are not going to um, we are not going to. Uh, go through all the way throughout the playoffs so we're going to do this week obviously we'll do next week previewing all the playoffs and then we're going to um, slow down and then we'll do a recap when this is all over um, you know with, with as many of it kind of like we did with the draft as many of us as we can get on here as possible to kind of recap the season but uh, so that's kind of the plan to, to go forth and Austin you know as, as long as you're still part of the team we will extend you an invite and, you know, maybe, maybe more so for the, for that last show of the year, we can talk about, cause this is really like your first <laughs> year start to finish, right. Of a fantasy football. Right. Like, yeah. That's the first time I've ever keeping tra- paid keeping attention of it. throughout a year. So yeah, there's, there's been some growing pains in the, the front office of the rowboat. So hopefully we, we learned some lessons for next year. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll go ahead and, uh, and, uh, get into that about what you learned and, and what you maybe you would do differently, you know, at that at that podcast. So uh, we'll, we'll check into that. Okay, Josh, let's let's talk about um, our matchup next. Um, I absolutely had to have this this matchup, and really the first time for you in the last I don't know two months, you saw some guys really struggle that you weren't used to having them struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so starting with Kyler Murray, which you already 
talked about a little bit with him in his situation. Only got me eight points, and I, I don't expect that to be the case going forward. But it still was it was unfortunate. And then it was Dalvin Cook only getting me ten points, and that was really I think the point that with the, both of those guys just really struggling. That was tough because. I still got great performances from Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf. Travis Kelsey was a little bit under what he normally would do. And then I went and got a, a big pickup uh, with Austin Eckler right before um, last game, the Sunday game started last week. So uh, that that was big. And then, I, I mean, I had guys sitting on my bench. You know, Adam Thielen was still out at that point, And a bunch of other guys weren't available to play. So... All in all, like I, I wasn't, it was only really those two guys, Kyler Murray and Dalvin Cook, who have been just so good for me as long as they've been healthy. They've been excellent and they just had a bad week. And unfortunately, they had it at the same time. And going into uh, last Sunday night, I thought I might still have a chance because I had DK Metcalf on Monday night football and I thought that maybe he'd be able to put up a big performance and he did. But you, Ben, had uh, Aaron Rodgers and David Montgomery going into and the Packers defense going into Sunday night football. Mm -hmm. And so with what Rodgers did, what David Montgomery did, and what the Packers defense did, it put it out of reach. If those guys had done basically what they were projected to do, and then DK Metcalf put up what he did on Monday night, which was 27 points, then it would have been a lot closer. But you ended up winning by 15. So it was an off week for sure, but... Um, I, yeah, it was, I think, I think I still feel pretty confident going forward that those guys will bounce back. Yeah. And, and, uh, obviously there's always the, that, what, what I should have done. And I don't, looking at your lineup, there's not much you could have done differently based on who was out and, um, with, with injuries and whatnot, COVID issues for me, I left AJ Brown on the bench, which was stupid because, um, I, I forgot that Finley was the quarterback for the Bengals and, now that uh, you know, I've had Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. T. Higgins ended up with fifteen point four because he caught a touchdown. But um, those guys are almost droppable now with what the situation is in Cincinnati. So I left twenty six points on my bench with AJ Brown. But Josh, you brought this up with uh, Tim last week, and it's the same exact situation in our in our mm-hmm. matchup here. You know, with with Kyler Murray, with Dalvin Cook, J.D. McKissick, those guys that struggled. You know, I had Tyler Boyd with. 4.5 and Josh Jacobs at 5.4. So I think those kind of cancel each other out. What what won it for me, and you already said it was was the kicker in the defense. I mean, outscoring um, 26 to five with the defense and the kickers. And and the, and the ironic part yeah. is, you were talking about on the last podcast, the Browns won it for you last <laughs> week. They arguably lost yes. it for you this week. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I I. I thought about doing something with that defense and I, it wouldn't have made a difference necessarily. Even if I had gone out, if I had gone out and maybe gotten like the Falcons or something, I think they were the highest scoring defense last week, but um, it, it would have been the hard Jag. to force. The Browns are playing the Jags. Right. And that's why I thought, you know, I'll stick with them for another week and see if they can uh, put together another good performance. But it was, yeah, it was the combination of uh, the Browns defense struggling for me and then the Packers defense for you putting together a really nice performance with 14 points. So, yeah, I, you know, again, it's it's hard to project that sort of thing. And I like to, for me, I I know that it's important a lot of times. And in the last two weeks in my matchups, it has kind of come down to defense and special teams. But if I'm getting the performance that I think I can get out of everybody else in my lineup, then I hope that I don't have to worry about those positions because they're so up and down that I, you know, I, 
you really can't depend on them week to week. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. The MVP, arguably, of my fantasy year uh, across all my leagues in the last five weeks has been Jason Sanders, the Miami Dolphins kicker. Hmm. I picked him up in, like, I think all of my leagues I have him as my kicker. And he's gotten me at least 10 points, and I think every single week. So um, in one of my wow. leagues, I had to make the really tough decision of dropping Harrison Butker. I dropped Kansas City's kicker, who was like the second highest ranked kicker uh, in fantasy three weeks ago. And here's, the, here's my rationale. Butker kicks PATs. So the Chiefs may score five touchdowns, but that's only five points. Plus, he's been missing a ton of extra points. So the one or two field goals he gets a game just aren't enough. I mean, you get you get a guy that makes two field goals, and he already has more points than Butker. So I went ahead and just cut him loose, and it was the best decision I made because Sanders, I think he's only missed one field goal all year, and he's got like six or seven 50-yarders, which are just – they're almost touchdowns. I mean, they're five-pointers. So just absolutely um, huge there. Uh, okay, let's talk some other matchups this week. Big win for Tim uh, over Lamar, one twenty to one hundred. So Tim up to seven and five. This was a must win for Mister Timothy uh, to get into the playoffs. He is now only a game back. He's third place in the West Division. Um, it's truly a shame that you know we don't have him on here to to talk about his performance. Guys, Tim won despite having five points from his running backs combined, and that's pretty insane. <laughs> Got twenty one from his kicker though that that'll make up for it a little bit. Yeah, he is a huge young Huey Koo guy. Right, he he's big on him, and he was he I was I drafted him initially way back when. But to me, the big story here is Lamar's team only putting up a hundred points. Yeah. Uh, you know, none of his guys really did anything to speak of, and so uh, if you don't have one standout or a couple standouts, you're not going to go very far. I think his leading score was scorer was Devonte adams with 18 points so that's not going to get it done and it's not like tim blew him out of the water with his performance like you said his running back struggled but uh when you only put up 100 points you're not going to win very much in fantasy absolutely so big win for tim and i'm hoping lamar's struggles continue this week uh for selfish reasons <laughs> um mick against greg this was relatively tight mick ends up winning 125 115 uh, story on this one, uh, I think this is kind of your fault, Austin. The best defense in the league, the Indianapolis Colts, give Greg minus five, negative five points against, I'm not even going to call him the Titans, I'm going to say Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, just Derrick Henry. 140 <laughs> rushing yards in the first half and give up 40 points. Yeah, that's going to lose Greg some points. Sorry there, Mr. Sharp. Yeah, so you, I mean, Josh, just like our matchup, Defense and kicker cost Greg the week because Mick had 22 with Washington and McManus. Um, amazing that McManus even had any points with what Denver was rolling out there offensively. But he made a 50-yarder, so five points. So 22 to zero. There's your difference right there. So um, Mick at 6-6 six and six and Greg at 6-6. Six and six. We'll go into standings here in just a second. And our final matchup, uh, Brett and Bando. Congratulations, Brett Witte. Um, guys, I don't know how many people in fantasy football went up against Tyreek Hill and won, but Brett was able to do it. 58 Somehow, points some way. from Tyreek. That's <laughs> ludicrous. Yeah, so just some quick math here. Looking at Bando's, let's see, 20, 35, 
50, so not quite. I was going to say, I thought maybe Tyreek outscored the rest of his team. Um, not quite, it, it just just about. Um, Brett had monster performances from the aforementioned Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Will Fuller, who that was his swan song because he is out of here with his suspension. Um, but, I mean, Brett with just an absolute beastly performance and um, something to build off for him. I, I don't. I think he is eliminated from the playoffs, but um, that's a statement. That's a statement win. So good, good, good on Homeland well, Obscurity. And and here's the thing too is I Bando has nothing to be ashamed of with his performance, but he can have a little bit of reg- regret of what could have been because he had Cam Newton only score him three point nine points, and then Alvin Kamara get him six. And yeah. you would like to think that those two would get you more than nine points combined. Yeah. That's that's not uh, if he had you know gotten normal performances from those guys, we would have just had an absolute barn burner with uh, Brett scoring 170. And then Bando probably would have been at least close to that, depending on how many they score, because everybody outside of Newton and Kamara were at least decent for for Bando. Yeah. OK, so th- that's kind of the finals of the week. Let's go over the standings before we jump into uh, this week. And the West Division has tightened up some. Bando and Lamar are now tied for first at 8-4. and four. Um, Let's take a look and see. Looks like um, points four, uh, it would go to Bando. He has over 200 more points than Lamar, so he's well ahead in the tiebreaker. Tim right there at third uh, with one, just one game back, so it's – Two of those three will get into the playoffs. Looking at um, at the tiebreaker between Tim and Lamar, oh, boys, check this out. 16 points separates Tim and Lamar. Mm-hmm. So we'll go over uh, – t- by the way, Tim is going to be a huge Kittles and Blitz fan this week. <laughs> this week. We'll, we'll jump into the matchups and uh, playoff scenarios here in a second. So uh, the season is effectively over uh, in terms of the playoffs for Brett and Austin. Austin, uh, sorry to say it. But the boat uh, did the boats make the playoffs in SNBL? They did, didn't they? Yep, we uh we fell to the mammoths in the divisional series. One playoff appearance. Um, you're batting fifty percent, which you know, depending on which sport you're playing, is is good. Um, <laughs> we'll uh we'll assess the damages of the rowboats next week. The East Division is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> we have <laughs> Josh in first place at seven and five. He will win the East because he is. Um, he has lapped the field six times with points four. So Josh will come out of the East, but second, third, and fourth are all tied. Mick, myself, Ooh. and Greg um, are all tied for the next place. And looking at tiebreakers, Mick um, is about 90 points ahead of me. And believe it or not, I have a 60-point league on Greg, uh, which is a minor miracle that my team has scored more than anybody in the league. So this week is going to be absolutely crazy. So let's just go over the kind of the scoreboard uh, for this week and, and uh, you know, playoff projections. So I play Lamar, and this this matchup right here, boys, just our matchup alone could determine who gets in from both divisions, <laughs> really, because yeah. of, of Lamar and, and my situation. And looking at projections right now, he's projected to win – by less than a point. So Ooh. this is this is going to be, I think, the matchup of the season, not because of how good our teams are, but because of the implications that this matchup will have. 
this is a pivot point for so many franchises. I mean, we can, we'll probably be looking back and listen five years when we see who's in and who's out and <laughs> who's general managing and who's on what team. This this is important for, for Tim, for you, for Lamar, even Bando to an extent, Josh even. Yeah, this has ramifications for at least half the league. Yeah, and Greg. Greg plays right. Searles, um, six and six and three and nine. So Greg needs a win and a Ben loss. Uh, to get into and a Mick loss, he needs he needs he needs to win, and he needs Mick and I to both lose. Um, so that's the scenario. I I need to win. Mick needs to lose. Mick wins once. Mick beats wins his opponent uh, against you, Josh, and and he's it's you and Mick out of the division. Um, and Greg needs to win and have us both lose. So I'm kind of in the middle of the scenarios. Mick wins. He controls his own destiny. He's in. I'm going to need help from you, which I have full confidence in you, Josh. Your team is definitely going to bounce back um, and, and, and help me out. If I back my way into the playoffs, this is going to be just a, a minor miracle. Um, and then looking at the other division, Tim plays Brett. Projected difference in this matchup, guys, 0.5 points Man. between Brett and uh, Tim. And then so for Tim, in order for Tim to, to move on, he, again, as I said, he needs me to beat Lamar. Lamar uh, controls his own destiny uh, in that division. So uh, it's – I think the Vegas odds right now would see a Josh Mick and Lamar Bando playoff playoff run. But, you know, as we know, this is fantasy football and anything could happen. Part of the fun. It's part yeah, of the joy for those of us that actually have a shot at the playoffs, which is not the boat. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, I, I feel like, yeah, Austin, maybe you're uh, maybe not the one to comment on it considering where you're at. But yeah, it's a uh, it is fun, even just from the like looking from the outside at all the different matchups that you just ran through and how many implications there are. Just the fact that it's coming down to this last week. I yeah. feel like a lot of times when I play fantasy football, it, there's a pretty clear dividing line. There might be like fighting for one playoff spot but right now there's a ton of teams that have a chance that could possibly get in and you just look at our division ben in the east with three teams at six and six you and mick and greg so it's uh it's pretty fun going down into this last week there's going to be some elbow nudging throughout the uh throughout the week uh and and boy can we talk about for a second guys how crazy of a week this is going to be for fantasy football this is unprecedented because there's no thursday game there was a wednesday game mm-hmm. but that counted for last week so the schedule this week is completely messed up we're not going to have uh some of these finals until tuesday night going into wednesday so the playoff picture might not yep. be decided until next wednesday uh, i guess josh for you how has covid uh, affected your team specifically last week or maybe even earlier in the season well it, it didn't at all last week there was nothing really there except for i guess adam thielen was still i think that was still a COVID issue that he was sitting out um but he's back now i other than that like i feel like i'm trying to even remember there might have been one or two other guys that have had had some issues but there really hasn't been a lot that it's that's affected my team and i think that um i don't i don't even remember a scheduling thing being being an issue like where a game has been pushed back to a to a monday or tuesday where it normally would have been earlier in the week but yeah to me like i it it hasn't affected who i pick up and who who's who i'm starting and all that as nearly as much as what i thought it 
would have been there's maybe been one or two instances where I've it's actually impacted a decision I've had to make as far as my lineup. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's been it's been really bizarre. I had Jonathan Taylor on the COVID list last week, and sounds like he's good to go. But there, I mean, you think about the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a lot of really good players in fantasy uh, when it comes to those those two those two franchises. So definitely, um, you know, been been something that we've had to monitor, and and we we all expected that to be the case too. Um, you know, this year, just having to, you know, be flexible with everything. Um, okay, guys, let's do some, uh, starter sit. And, and this is a really important week for, for Josh and myself, but we'll start with you, Austin. Anyway, um, what, where, let's just start with your competitive fire. Like, is there any fire in the belly left or are you in full punt mode? (laughs) Uh, when it comes to fantasy football, well, I, I'm still I'm still tinkering um, to the extent that I can. Not that it matters a whole lot. I, I'm going back to the T.Y. Hilton well one last time. I think I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to keep him the rest of the year because he's got two matchups with the Texans left. T.Y. has absolutely owned that Houston franchise his entire career. So I, I'm hoping he's still got a couple minor miracles left in him this year so I can just put a few more points on the board a little window dressing make it look a little bit better um Mike Evans and Robbie Anderson are both on buys this week I haven't been very impressed with Mike Williams so I think uh reuniting with an old flame in TY will will invigorate the team at least a little bit Austin you know who you are you're the boyfriend that continually thinks he has a chance to win the girl back that, that's <laughs> that's what you are with ty hilton you're just holding out hope right i mean you just i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and send one more dozen roses and see if and see if she'll take me back maybe this um, explains the the four you know, and eight record but uh more 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 the, research uh, needed <laughs> the the uh, analogy continues the week that he scored a touchdown she sent you a text message telling you that she was thinking about you so just enough to keep you straight strung along and you know you just just ride it ride it out to the very end i respect that um what about you josh this is a this is a huge week um well i guess i shouldn't say huge week for you but your your matchup has a lot of potential implications on on the the rest of the playoffs yeah even though i have the tiebreaker i still am playing it out just because I want my guys to be in in full form going into the playoffs and obviously just for the integrity of the game I want to give it my best shot against Mick this week but uh, as far as start sit I'm still kind of I appreciate now yeah I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sure you do and I, I, but as far as start sit I'm, I'm kind of just waiting on a couple guys uh, as we're recording this Dalvin Cook and Calvin Ridley are both questionable they both practiced in a limited fashion earlier this week but um we'll see closer to kickoff time if they're good to go um if they if one or both of them don't play then i'm looking at either playing guys that i really don't want to or guys that are questionable themselves and so um i I have deandre swift on my bench and he's projected for 15 points but he's also questionable so i i I still have Travis Fulgham on my team, um, and he's healthy. But as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, he's struggled and not getting nearly as many targets. But, you know, so as as long as everybody in my lineup plays and is healthy, I think that I'll be good to go. Um, I'm not super confident, though, that um, that's going to happen. I, I just hope that I have, have enough to, to beat Mick this week. 
Gentlemen, we need to talk for a second about mixed team and um, – Maybe maybe I need to walk back some comments, uh, some some daggers I threw him. I made fun of him for having so many running backs on his team or drafting so many running backs. He drafted five. He drafted five running backs, and he, he he's needed all of them because Christian McCaffrey has been out for basically mm-hmm. the whole year. Joe Mixon's on IR, and James Conner has COVID, and so he's forced to play Kareem Hunt and Antonio Gibson. So he's he's literally needed to play um, all of the running backs that he drafted. So. Um, kudos to Mick for having that running back depth. I think if anybody was out three running backs that they drafted, they'd be in a bad situation. So kudos to Mick for that. Um, when it comes to me for start sit, I think I'm pretty much set. Not so much because of, uh, I like everybody that's in my lineup, but because I don't have any, anything else on my bench to help me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Gio Bernard, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, all of my Bengals guys are pretty much useless right now. Le'Veon Bell is still kind of waiting patiently. If Clyde Edwards, Elaire, again, when we're recording this, he's still planning to play. He's been, he's missed a couple of days of practice with an illness. If he's out, Le'Veon Bell is an instant start for me, um, for Kansas city. But, We'll, we'll just we'll just have to ride and, and Josh Jacobs is questionable and I haven't loved um, his production lately anyway I mean John Gruden has just run him into the ground so I'm pretty much stuck with what I got I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the horses that got me here put me in this position to even have a chance to win and uh, you know hope Lamar you know fumbles away an opportunity to uh, to uh, to win the game and and gentlemen how about how about Lamar's decision right now he's got Taysom Hill in at quarterback. Uh, he's sitting both Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. We don't know Lamar's situation for Tuesday's game with Dallas, but right now he's got uh, both Herbert, who's the favorite to win the Rookie of the Year, and the former MVP on the bench for a guy that was playing wingback a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> against Atlanta or not, that seems questionable. I mean, Herbert's going against New England. Maybe there's an argument there. And with Lamar out with COVID, I mean, I guess, but why, why, why Taysom Hill? I mean, you're really just betting that the Falcons defense is going to be that bad, but I still wouldn't trust him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it. Um, <laughs> just see, see how that goes. So uh, starts or sits done this week. Okay, Josh, I'll let you get everybody updated on before we say goodbye here, the, uh, the picks from last week. And obviously nobody picked Tyreek Hill. Yeah, nobody nobody had him. He was like, I think he was the high scorer by maybe twenty points. The the next highest was so. Uh, Tim went with Antonio Gibson. Mick took Devonte Adams, and I foolishly took Justin Herbert, who only had like fifteen points. But none of us, like you said, had the correct score. So what does that make us? Oh, for thirty six, I think now. <laughs> not that's Oops. not a good percentage from the free throw line. I'll tell you that. No, um, not at or all. in the batter's box, even for that matter. Um, Okay, well let's let's give it another shot, Austin. You you can't win the fantasy championship, but you could win the prediction championship. Let's let's salvage the season right here. Who's going to be the highest scorer this week? It's got to be Ty, right? After all this conversation, I've got to go. <laughs> That's with... a very Tim. Do you want to go down Tim the Tim path on this? No, is really, no, I don't. Is really I uh, want to do. I'll, I'll 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 take a shot with with my quarterback Kirk Cousins going up against Jacksonville. I think they have a big first half. They consulted way late, but I think. Uh, well, Kirk has a good first half, and they ride Dalvin Cook in the second half. But give me, give me Captain Kirk, Josh. I'm gonna go with Derrick Henry as my pick. He uh, mm, good pick. Really starts to he starts to heat up once it gets to December. Um, as the weather gets colder, he he gets hotter. So I he's last week he was tough to stop, and I think he's just gonna keep picking up steam. 
Uh, going up against Cleveland this week, but yeah, give me Derrick Henry. All right, I'm going to go with the former MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, my MVP, Patrick Mahomes against the Denver Broncos nice. on Sunday night. He's really playing well right now. He owns Denver. Um, if it wasn't for Tyree Kill as his wide receiver last week, he might have been in the conversation for highest scorer. Sammy Watkins is back. Um, that should spread the wealth around a little bit. So give me Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling good about my pick this week. So we'll uh, – We'll leave it at that, and hopefully somebody at some point before this league is over can predict highest score. Still haven't decided what that person gets, so maybe it's a good thing that we haven't uh, haven't pegged one correctly. Josh, best of luck this week. I'm really pulling for you to win. Um, and um, Austin, start formulating on your draft strategy for next year. Yes, I'm in full Jim Mora mode right now, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the war room is getting prepared as we speak. Gentlemen, appreciate it. Best of luck um, this week. And for all of you out there, hopefully you're making a strong playoff push and your players stay healthy. For Josh, for Austin, I'm Ben. Thanks to all of you for listening. Best of luck. We'll talk to you one last time before the playoffs wrap up next week.